Finn Isles, obviously, uh, just to start off, he was uh, just had an incredible year. It's about creativity. Whistler is one hell of a creative place, <laughs> yeah. and um, this plays this it, it connects really well with mm-hmm. everything else that we offer. It does feel like we are in a period of unprecedented growth, and I think that we have to we have to start doing something about this. is back with our first episode of the new year it's 2017 and we are in a brand new studio aren't we brandon we are in a very luxurious space here i must say where did we find this how do we get so lucky to have this this studio space um i'm pretty sure that your last car broke down and then you had to buy a new one yes we are in your car this is this is just the kind of sophisticated audio experience you can expect from us here at mountain mythic this is uh we're taking things to a new level in the new year we're starting off right we did try to get our publisher to get us a limo and she was kind of on board with that but i just don't know if it was in the budget no probably not the limo idea i think is still something i'd like to explore this year in 2017 and, and and explain for the people what the idea, what the concept of this limo. We wouldn't just record in a limo. Uh, we would also pick people up and interview them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why was that such a challenge for you? <laughs> the limo would be like a traveling podcast studio. It wouldn't just be a limo. I mean, of course, it would be a limo. There would be a, a mini fridge and drinks and refreshments. So many drinks. But we would tour our guests around in the limo and interview them about various topics. Yes, we would. And it would. Uh, let me tell you, it, it, imagine if it happened, it would be crazy. For now, we're going to have to settle with my car as our studio space. But I'm okay with that. Are you? Mm, you look a, a little uncomfortable it's a, it's a right step now. Step down. I, I gotta say, I never feel comfortable when I'm in a car with you alone. Well, that's that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It's a new year. Your name. Welcome to Madison. <laughs> We're here in my car. <laughs> uh, I'm Brayden Dupuis, and this is Brandon Barrett. Yeah, thank you. I am Brandon Barrett. <clears throat> All right, and we're here. We. <laughs> it is a new year. We, we have said goodbye to the tire fire that was 2016. We are on to hopefully bigger and better things. Although, I, I, I mean, I, 2016 wasn't that bad. 
I mean, it was bad globally. I think, you know, Whistler had a good year. Whistler saw a lot of growth. Huge year for Whistler. But there was, you know, there was some some crappy things too. We lost Chili Tom, beloved local artist. You know, it was a lot of there was a lot of loss in 2016. There was, but I mean there was also a lot of growth, a lot of gain. I mean, there's some big news stories here in 2016 and probably a lot we're gonna be following a lot of them uh, through 2017 as well. Let's just uh, before we get into too much of that, let's just maybe touch on what this episode's gonna be. We just wanted to obviously maybe you can tell by the way we've gotten into this one but it's a little bit more of an informal start here in our new studio space and uh, this episode is just going to be a little bit of a quick retrospective slash look ahead right yeah we are even though we're three weeks into january uh we are going to have a look back on the year that was on some of the bigger bigger stories and then uh take a look ahead at what we can what we think will be some of the biggest stories in 2017 yeah i mean uh might even be february but this comes out (laughs) there will still be 11 months left of 2017 so realistically we could do this episode in the middle of june uh, sure. There would yeah. still be six months left in the year. Plenty of time to. Maybe we'll just air this one in June. I sure. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's get, talk a little bit about some of the big stories first from 2016. I mean, uh, Peaks readers in our annual Best of Whistler they voted uh, the Veil deal as the biggest news story. There was also Renaissance. Uh, for me personally, I think housing was the biggest story of 2016. Well, housing, yeah, housing. I mean, is is underneath all of these other stories. I mean, for the most part, you can you can find a link uh, into housing through some of our other bigger stories, including uh, the Vale deal and what housing will look like in the future with with their um, you know portfolio of real estate development. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, housing is always and, and always on people's minds, always a topic of discussion. And I think it will can only continue to be, do so, be so, in be, 2000, be do so, be, be do so, yeah. uh, in 2017. Yeah. I mean, 2016, obviously uh, massive growth breaking records. I mean, we're probably only going to see more growth in 2017. Uh, what do you think about that? I think, I mean, I, you know, we go through ebbs and flows in Whistler. That is that is true. But as we've sort of discussed before in our in our last episode on housing, it does feel like we are in a period of unprecedented growth. And I think that we have to we have to start doing something about this. The mayor's task force on housing is a good step in the right direction. We have three uh, new you know housing projects coming to Chequemus is a great thing. But I think we do need to look at our development cap our housing supply and really think long and hard about what what we want to do specifically with our housing inventory. Do we need to add significant amounts of, of affordable housing? I, I don't know what the answer is. No, me either. And I'm not going to pretend to know. <laughs> There's also, I mean, transportation is going to be another huge story this year. It's all these effects of growth. And I mean, I think the municipality is taking a good hard look at it and mm-hmm. maybe not fast enough for some people. But if you were at the community forum on transportation the other night, there was huge amount of uh, ideas thrown out there. One of them, my favorite idea, was to build a teleporter at the top of the roundhouse using technology from Star Trek. What do yeah. you think about that? Well, I think, uh, well, I, 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 you know, it's, it's a funny, it's just a funny idea. Obviously, it was included in jest, I would imagine, unless they're, they've got some Star Trek technicians back there at Municipal Hall. But well, with I that mean, budget, it, you never know. <laughs> it is, uh, we, we, there are a lot of new technologies that are coming to the fore that we, 
we can start looking at we should start looking at here in Whistler, I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean they're in the one of the things on the, the poster boards or one of the ideas they are looking at and the province is looking at this too is the effect that driverless cars are gonna have on transportation and that's gonna be huge. And people like I mean, it sounds so futuristic, but I mean that's not that far off into the future. I saw a headline yesterday about uh I can't remember what company was developing flying cars. Oh nice. Which would I mean maybe that would ease some of our traffic struggles. <laughs> There'd be a lot less uh traffic jams on the highway. I, you, you know could just hop in the flying bus and mm-hmm. the flying bus would just drop you off on top of the mountain. I like this idea. I do too. I think I we're think, going somewhere. Yeah. We're definitely. I mean, and yeah, when we talk about housing, we can. It's fairly easy to see as the the two main news reporters in town. I guess what kind of stories we're going to be following. Obviously, housing, transportation. But I mean, right now, it's as we record this, it's inauguration day in the United States, and there's a lot of things that might just come right out of left field. Like, what kind of effect will Trump policies have on Canada and on Whistler? Uh, that could be big news here. I, I definitely will be big news here in the next year. Yeah, it remains to be seen. I mean, uh, I don't think there's been a president in American history that's been more of a wild card than Donald <laughs> Trump. That's exactly the the, the fear, um, you know, in front of us is that we really don't know what to expect. We don't know. You know, he's he's taken a hard line, obviously, on on immigration, on undocumented workers, and you know, he's he's you know, some of his rhetoric around Mexico obviously hasn't been all that well received, and that's a huge market for us. So you wonder if we'll start seeing you know more more Mexican population, more you know, just in general, if we'll if we'll have issues at the border, you know, with you know places like Whistler pushing for easier access, easier air access to Canada, you wonder what the impact will be here in Whistler. I mean that, you know, we'll 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 have to check in in some time and see exactly where this is where this is going. The other big story that I'd imagine we'll be following, well, I know I'll be following it is uh, the provincial election here in in May and the New York Times uh, just recently wrote a story calling BC the wild west of political cash. It, it it's interesting that you know we uh BC plays an interesting role will play an interesting role also federally I think because I think um you know Trudeau in a way sort of sacrificed in many cases um a lot of BC liberal sentiment around you know approving you know Kinder Morgan and and all these things that you know liberal MPs uh around these parts have uh, spoken out against, and it, it'll be interesting to see how this election plays out because I know Christy Clark doesn't have a lot of fans, but she she has you know I think she has the political institute is behind her for yeah. sure, uh, and but you know we'll we'll see we'll see I I I uh, don't know if I follow it closely enough to really know exactly how that's going to play out. Yeah, well, my take on it right now is like it seems like the NDP at this point. I mean, we're just months away from this election, and they are just completely disorganized, right? Yeah. Like we don't even have an NDP candidate in this riding. Uh, Jordan Sturdy. I mean, is anyone going to face up to even go against Jordan Sturdy? I I, I wouldn't think so. I, I he seems uh, to be a, a very beloved figure around these parts. A former mayor of Pemberton, um, and um, I think we'll see candidates. I think people will step up, but I don't think anyone expects to win. I think no one wants to right now. Yeah, Sturdy yeah. won with fifty percent of the vote in twenty thirteen. Right, which yeah. is uh, that's impressive. Is there anything else, I guess, on your radar, if you're looking ahead to the next year, 2017, what are some of the big stories you think that you're going to be reporting on? I I, I don't know if this will actually um, start to 
you know, come to fruition in 2017. But one thing we definitely need to look at, I think, is the, the OCP question, Whistler's official mm. community plan, which has been in a sort of limbo now for a little while, um, you know, as negotiations, you know, wage with the local First Nations who have to sign off on Whistler's official community plan. There's been a lot of back and forth about that, a lot of uh, talk behind closed doors about what that means. And I think it's a it's an important tool uh, the community plan to dictate something like housing and the future of of our community, and it's something that we need to figure out sooner rather than later. Absolutely, yeah, I think that's going to be a huge one coming forward, and I'm, I'm, it might not even be this year. Like we might not even we might still be waiting for an answer on this in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wheels of government don't turn all that quickly, but um, <laughs> well, it's almost like there's a whole bunch of different development plans that are kind of hinging on each other, right? There's the OCP and the WB's got its master plan, master agreement in there waiting for approval. And it's a lot of it just comes back to the first nations discussions and, and where all these chips are going to fall. And then you have Renaissance playing into all of it. And it's just like, wow, right now we're kind of just in this state where we don't really know what's going to happen. Right. Well, yeah, as we said, this is going to be a little bit of a retrospective. We're going to have sports editor Dan Falloon come in and talk about some of his favorite sports stories. We're going to have arts editor Catherine Atkinson. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if you haven't noticed already, this is a very informal episode recorded in our new studio, which is parked out parked outside of the peak office right yeah. now <laughs> there's no heat on we're, we're in here freezing this no we're not we the windows are steaming this up. is what we do this for our listeners our commitment to podcasting yeah this is actually i don't mind this this is actually kind of cozy i like it's yeah. like we're having some bonding time here hey, and is that what's happening i, I am <laughs> you're not bonding with me i don't think we're bonding no I, well, no i actually that's... dislike you more than when i got into the car <laughs> i don't blame you <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, stay tuned, and there'll be more Mount Mythic uh, coming up next. So we're here back in Grange's Rolling Studio with none other than Peak Sports Editor and noted ginger, Dan Falloon. Hey, Dan. Hey, what's going on? It's it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast a, for the first a time. Pleasure. It's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you, have you thought about what you want to say to, to all of our rabid fan base uh, for your first introduction? Uh. Not really. <laughs> I'm kind of putting him on the spot here. That's, that was my intention, and, and it went well. Uh, oh, so well. You're, you're, it was the best. You're clearly uh, you're suited for radio. Thank you oh, yeah. for, for joining us. Well, not Thank television, you. that's for sure. Uh, no, you've definitely got a face for radio. That's a, a very uh, rude thing to say to someone. He knows it. Oh, Actually, yeah. you're beautiful, Dan. I think he's quite beautiful. Totally. Can I touch your beard? Yeah, go ahead. This is getting weird, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, listeners, just so you know, that Braden is, was just stroking Dan's beard uh, yeah, sensually. It, was it wasn't. No, it was um, not sensually. It was. It was just like a fact-finding mission. It was like. Did you doing find any research. treasure in there? No. Okay. Well, this is going well so far. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but Dan, we are here obviously to talk about sports. And I'm wondering, you know, 2016 was a was a big year for athletics here in Whistler. What were some of the stories, some of the athletes um, that stood out for you? Oh, Finn Isles, obviously. Uh, just to start off, he was uh, just had an incredible year. He, uh, you know, 
came back, won the the whip off for the second time at uh, Crankworks. Uh, of course, a couple of years back, he was uh, an underage and had to mount a, a big campaign just to get in. He let fit in. Let fit in. When then he ended up going, to, you know, winning the whole dang thing. Was unfortunately injured uh, in uh, in 2015, but uh, you know, came back with a vengeance this year and won it. And uh, of course, won the uh, junior uh, downhill uh, world championships as well as the world title. That's so, it. Is really is like just crazy to think about how much he's accomplished. And I mean, the resort municipality Whistler actually awarded him with a, an athletic achievement certificate, which is very rare. I think I asked the mayor how often they give them out, and she said she couldn't remember doing it in her time as mayor, which goes back to 2011. So that's impressive. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And for him to do it is, uh, you know, I mean, it's junior, <laughs> you know, it's age restricted, but to, to do that much and to accomplish that much and be that, that dominant at, at that age, I think, you know, a couple of the races he was far and away the winner is, you know, eight, nine seconds ahead of, uh, and how, second place. how old is, is Finn now? I think he's just turned 18. Wow. Makes you feel yeah. kind of lazy about what oh, your yeah. accomplishments as a team. Not you specifically. <laughs> well, I'm talking about the royal you. Uh, of course. Because yeah. uh, I was certainly not winning any international what? mountain biking championships at 18. Oh, uh, surprise. Oh, I wasn't even surprise. winning anything surprised. in my community when I was 18. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't win, winning anything on my block when I was 18, like, <laughs> let alone the My world. hockey team, when I was 18, my hockey team, my Bush League hockey team went to the finals and lost in overtime. Nobody <laughs> cares, Brayden. Stop living in the past, This man. is the sports area of the show, so I'm bringing up some sports stuff. Yeah, we're just, like, making it personal. We're making it relevant. Yeah, so. relevant to us, which is... Let's be honest here. That's what we all care Which about. Which is relevant to all of our listeners. Yes. They really want to know about your Bush League teenage I was the career. captain. Wow. <laughs> El Capitan Dupuis. <laughs> and obviously not a very good one if I couldn't no. lead us to the championship. Well, you led them to the finals. That's true. A lot of other captains couldn't even do that. Yeah. Where are those guys now? Well, <laughs> as fascinating as this is, Dan, do you have any other any other stories that stood stood out for you last year? Oh, I mean, just the uh, you know, Crankworks continues to be amazing. Uh, you know, the it was interesting how they moved uh, the Red Bull Joy Ride to uh, to Sunday. Um, you know, that was my second one, and uh, they'd been on Sunday both years. First year was unintentional, uh, you know, because they had rain on the Saturday oh, and yeah, yeah. got uh, got but bumped back a day and that was fun but yes yeah, so i can't speak to how it the attendance was in in previous years but you know obviously a marquee event but you know great way to, to end crankworks and you know of course the the addition of uh, innsbruck um to their circuit this year they're up to four so, so that's huge um what's their limit are they are they just looking for endless expansion with crankworks i don't know it just seems that uh you kind of wonder how much more they can grow beyond this because you know they do compete with the uh, you know UCI and other downhill events mm-hmm. and um, you have to think that the schedule is eventually getting to to be maxed unless they add more in you know kind of Oceania and and that you know because they had Rotorua just a couple of years back in New mm-hmm. Zealand and um, you know we'll we'll have to see you know if they make it more. More year round, yeah, yeah, um, um, which they, they seem to be attempting to be doing, but um, you know, you, at, at some point, you, some of these riders that maybe have to have an off season, you have got to have your recovery time. You know, it's a lot of these are you know pretty dangerous, high contact. Uh, yeah, or, well, not, yeah, you know, 
high high impact rather uh, sports. And so. just in terms, I mean, it, that's obviously one of Whistler's biggest events. But what's it like to be up there and just be in the thick of it for the whole week or the oh, whole it's, time? It's incredible. Yeah, you know, just being on the on the sidelines there, watching these uh, you know the top riders in the world whip past you. It's uh, it's amazing, and uh, you know. A lot of fun taking, uh, you know, taking photos. You take thousands and thousands of photos <laughs> in those couple of weeks, and you know, you're just always trying to scope out for the best spot and you know the, the best angle and you know, your best setting. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a challenge. It's super fun, and you know, they're they're all very accommodating people when you go talk to them them afterwards, and especially you know. when they win. Oh yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, and we touched on summer, Dan. What about what about uh, you know? Obviously, we're a winter sports mecca. Oh, yeah. What what stood out for you uh, on that front? Well, I guess just looking ahead to uh, you know the the Winter Olympics coming up, you see uh, we've you know we've got some uh, sliding sports, especially as a result of the uh, the legacies from uh, from twenty ten here. So. You know, we'll see if um, if any of the local guys end up making it. But you know, Reed Watts, uh, loser, has been um, uh, up on the the senior circuit for a little bit this season. He's just uh, he's just eighteen, and um, yeah, he's been you know had some had some moments there. And I know he's certainly looking towards twenty twenty two. But maybe if he continues to progress, you you never know. Maybe he'll push for for a spot in twenty eighteen. Um, and you know, of course, uh, you know. Big uh, big bunch of skiers here. You had uh, Jack Crawford from the uh, Whistler Mountain Ski Club who uh, went to World Juniors and uh, medaled there, which was uh, pretty great to see. Do you have anything um, on your radar for 2017? Any bold predictions for the, for the sports world? It's just so uh, nothing uh, nothing bold. That's not uh, I'm not uh, kind of the master of hot takes here, but uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I think it's just going to be uh, you know very very interesting to see how things play out. I think it's just going to be another uh, another great year here in Whistler. Of course, uh, you know Crankworks, uh, Ironman, uh, you know big uh, big events coming through town. Grand Fondo uh, will be uh, interesting to see again this year. Uh, well, uh, it's, this is the final year of the five-year contract with Iron Man. Final year of the contract. Haven't heard anything uh, about uh, what's going to be beyond that. Whether there's going to be a, uh, a re- renewal of that contract, or whether you know, they're looking at uh, another site. They're being pretty tight-lipped about that uh, at this point. We'll uh, we'll have to see. I guess there are you know pros of, of having it here but there are certainly the uh, the challenges of, uh, of the road closures and uh, effects on local local businesses so wildlife uh, wildlife yeah. of course yeah yeah that's another another good point there so um yeah well i guess see what uh, what ends up winning out and what uh, what priorities are are top of mind but you know yeah, they do. It does have an impact uh, with the athletes coming early and and training, and then bringing their families. But then, you know, the the day of the event certainly uh, provides its uh, share of challenges as well. And uh, you know, it's kind of hard to say what uh, what the balance is and what you know you know ultimately wins out, and uh, whether you're robbing Peter to pay Paul in some senses. So. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, he's always, you know, give me my money. Where is yeah, it? exactly. Yeah, if only if only Peter were uh, a little more uh, assertive, then he wouldn't get robbed so much. Like, well, Peter is such a pushover, right? Yeah. <laughs> On that note, thank you, Dan. Thank you for joining us oh, today. Oh, real quick, Dan, what do you, what do you think of Mountain Mythic's new studio? Oh, it's uh, it's great. 
uh, Yogis had some uh, uh, weather damage to it <laughs> earlier this week, unfortunately. But, hey, well, uh, we don't want to talk about that. Fair enough. That's uh, no, it's a it's a beautiful. Uh, wait, wait yeah, it's, it's, it's a car, man. It's just a car. Yeah, that's an, it's a nicer car than I have. This is true. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait till it, you it, see it the runs. mythic it limo. <laughs> it does run. Are we getting a? You getting a limo? Yeah. Oh, you didn't hear? No. Oh, oh we're just waiting for. Yeah, we're waiting for the budget to be finalized. Oh, okay. That's our new studio is going to be a limo. Okay. Comedians in car and limos. No, 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 nothing like that. This is going to be much more sophisticated than that. Oh, okay. Uh, will there right. be champagne? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for doing this, and uh, hopefully we can get you back on the show sometime soon. Yeah. Now get the hell Any out time. of our car. Now get out of the studio. All right. <laughs> <laughs> back with Peak Arts Editor Catherine Atkinson. Welcome to our fancy mobile studio. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, so I mean, it was a pretty big year for arts in Whistler. I mean, you had the O'Dane opening, uh, the passing of iconic Whistler artist Chili Tom. Uh, I wanted to start with those, some of those big stories, and maybe just get your thoughts on uh, what were some of the biggest art stories in 2016. Well, those two certainly were big ones, and another one was really the big changes at the Whistler Arts Council, changing its name, uh, having its executive director leave last February, mm-hmm. Dodie Niedermeyer, after 13 years, and and taking on uh, Maureen Douglas as the new executive director. So um, I think a lot of a lot of things started like the Audain um, after years of planning, and a lot of things have shifted. Um, so 2016 was a very important year for the arts. Absolutely. Uh, when you talk about the Arts Council and Doty leaving, uh, I mean, at first it was like this is, it kind of caught everyone by left field, but I feel like Maureen is a really good replacement. What does Maureen bring to the table? Maureen is a very strong manager. I mean, that's, that's I mean, her background with Van Ock, um, her background as a, as a communicator and a community organizer. That's been she's that's been part of her career for a long time. She was on the board of the Arts Council, so she clearly loves it and mm-hmm. is clearly immersed in it. And so she brings a lot of skills in terms of um, shaping and uh, inspiring other people. That's what I've been seeing so far. Mm-hmm. One one question I had in, in that, on that uh, front was, you know, there was this huge like half a million dollar grant um, awarded to to Arts Whistler this year, and you know with their restructuring and their rebranding, it does feel like, you know, they're uh, you know as someone who's involved in the arts community, I've heard that you know it, it feels like they're going a little bit more corporate, possibly they're 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 focusing a little bit less on the grassroots, maybe you know setting their sights you know further afar. Do you agree with that assessment? Do you think you know Arts Whistler is in a sense um, corporatizing in a way? Well, I asked Maureen about that last summer, and um, she kind of laughed. I, I think that I can see where that comes from. It's a it's definitely moving away from. Uh, well, moving towards a, a different kind of professionalism and a different kind of, of way of organizing themselves and so that they can apply for big uh, funding things from the federal government. And I think that, that people 
are have there have been mixed reactions to it definitely um i think that changing some of their branding and things like that that's definitely they they seem to be trying to merge a lot of things together because until this point the um, arts whistler and the whistler arts council was a very organic grow bit by bit kind of entity and i think that they're trying to bring that all together and and manage it differently Mm -hmm. Um, I think we'll see how that how it how it plays out this year in 2017. Yeah, it seems like well, just like when we were talking about news earlier, there is just a lot uh, up in the air for 2017. It should be an interesting year, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're looking ahead to, to some of the the, what are you going to be tracking here in 2017 in terms of the arts? Um, well, the cultural connector is supposed to be completed this year, as I understand it. Still waiting to hear a bit more about that. Uh, there's supposed to be an unveiling of a large public art piece in the Upper Village which uh, I don't know much about, but, <laughs> but as soon as I know, everybody else will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm interested to see what they'll plan for Canada's 150th birthday. I mean, that seems to be like a big mystery. I've been asking around a bit so far, but <laughs> <sighs> still waiting for info. Um, but Canada Day promises to be a big day. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm always interested to hear about uh, the usual suspects, the Pemberton uh, Music Festival. And um, I want to hear if there's going to be a WOMAD festival in the corridor this year in Squamish. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility, too. Uh, any sense if Squamish festival's ever going to come back? Uh, as I understand it, it's not coming back. Mm. I, I had requested interviews uh, with the organizers, and they were not talking to anybody. Um, so I asked around in Squamish and uh, apparently it's just not a no-go and it's partly because of the competition from the other festival, uh, as I understand yeah, yeah, it. They may say something else, but again, they never talked to me, so I don't know for sure. Yeah, and I, I know it's changed a couple a bit in the last couple of years. Any idea when we'll see the, the lineup for the Pemberton Music Festival? Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> th- they tend to hang on as long as possible until they've got as many big names so that they can sort of dump everybody out all at once. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had any, uh, it's, you know, it's mid-January. I haven't heard anything back yet from them. I'm hoping in the next couple of weeks we'll start getting a sense of what's happening. And we usually know by, uh, is it March-ish? For sure, when yeah. when people start being announced. That's what I was thinking. And that's usually, I mean, that's uh, what so many people look forward to is that big announcement. So they, Exactly, you know. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Then it's uh, every everybody's running to find out what what you know buy their tickets because you know there were things selling out last year. Yeah. So I expect, as I understand it, they're they're going to be expanding and and having even more people this year. Yeah, so, sixty five thousand or something. That yeah. Be. So we'll I guess we'll learn more about that as 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 they announce it, and I'll do my best to keep up with it. Yeah, we'll be following along for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Obviously, one of the biggest art stories in in recent years here in Whistler is the opening of the O'Dane mm-hmm. Art Museum, um, and it's such an amazing facility and, and such a, an amazing cultural asset here in here in Whistler. What do you foresee in the future of the O'Dane and how it plays into our our cultural sector here? Well, it's definitely become a flagship immediately, a flagship, a cultural, um, iconic sort of location. Partly because of its building, partly because of the collection, the per- the permanent collection is extraordinary. Um, in terms of BC art and the touring collections, it allows, you know, we're, we've got, um, we, we've had some big shows already uh, coming this way. Uh, and there's one that's just opening, uh, which is by Van, about Vancouver photographer uh, Fred Herzog. And then we have um, a Matisse show that's opening up in February. So so they, they are ambitious and, and with the touring shows, they bring in all sorts of different types of art so there's a lot of appeal um i think it's a significant uh community asset uh they bring in artists to work with other uh, to to bring in to teach and they then they do a lot of programs for kids 
youngsters get in for free. I, I think it's an extraordinary place. We're very fortunate to have it. Yeah, and I guess the other big thing with the O'Dane this year is they're going to be doing a show dedicated to Chili Tom and all of yes. his work. And yeah. obviously that was a big story this year. And uh, I know there was a lot of really beautiful tributes after he passed, but I know that you've also interviewed him a few times. I was hoping that maybe you could just give us a sense of, of what kind of person he was and what he brought to the local art scene here. Um, I think that he could be a, di- a dictionary definition of the word um, the words free-spirited. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he was a really nice man. A really seems struck me as a really gentle guy and hardworking and focused on his art and did all sorts of things and and just seems like a really solid good friend to so many people like mm-hmm. so so many people were mourning him and were there for him as he was ill and I and and for and there for his family too and I just I thought it brought out the best in people um when I saw how how everyone was responding before and after he passed away um and you know he's he's incredibly missed, and and I'm really pleased that the Audain has come, come on board for this for this art show that's mm-hmm. happening in June. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah. So Catherine, I, you know I uh, you know someone who's slightly involved in the art scene here, and and uh, you know you you know have seen stand up comedy flourish here in mm-hmm. Whistler. We've seen you know the theater scene grow here. You know we have the Audain. It feels like maybe the tide is shifting a little bit when it comes to culture here in Whistler, which has always played second fiddle to sports. Do you feel like the art scene is finally starting to get the the recognition and the play it it deserves here in Whistler? Uh, I think so. I mean, entertainment, per se, is always really important in a place like Whistler because people need something to do in an apres sense, whether it's in the summer or the winter. But, you know, with things happening in the off-season, like the Writers' Festival in in October... Um, I think that there is a a greater desire to develop that side of, of enjoying life, right? Because that's what Whistler is all about. And, and there, and it's a very welcoming place for artists who come from other places. And it's a very supportive place, uh, supportive community for people who are here. And I think that there are more programs available for people who want to say study, even acting or dancing there, there's just there's a lot happening for community for a permanent community this size along with the millions of people who visit every year it, i'm impressed like it, i think it's got an arts community that a city of 100 150,000 would yeah. have right mm-hmm. easily easily and um and i think that people make the most of it that you things are selling out now um you know band or a rapper or a band comes to town it, it's 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 really vibrant, and I I'm really happy to be part of the you know somebody who covers it. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point too. With just the way that uh, Whistler is now a four season resort, and uh, yeah. there there has to be something in there to f- help fill in those gaps. Yeah. So it can't always just be sports. And I feel like yeah, as you guys have both mentioned, that arts has really stepped up its game here in the past couple of years, even since I've been here. Yeah. I mean, it's it's about creativity. Whistler is one hell of a creative place, <laughs> yeah. and and this plays this it, it connects really well with mm-hmm. everything else that we offer here. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Catherine, and uh, hopefully we can have you back on here sometime soon. Thank you. a very quick and efficient uh, first episode of 2017 for Mountain Mythic. What did you, what did you think about that episode in our new studio? Uh, it's great. I mean, I uh, my feet are cold because you're not allowed to turn the heat on. I feel like I'm working in unideal conditions, inhumane conditions. Well, but I mean, uh, suck it up. Well, I, I uh, 
I don't want to. I'm going to complain. Okay. All right. Well, that's, that's okay. I mean, you can just complain into my microphone here. And uh, you got any any more complaints about our new studio? Um, no. So when do you think we're going to get our limo? Um, I don't know. We'll, maybe we should do like a little Kickstarter. I think the community would want it, right? You they, think so? They don't want to hop in a limo with us and get drunk. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know if we're allowed to legally serve booze because they, they have may, you ever been in a limo i mean do, if we're the ones supplying it for people for random people wouldn't we need like a liquor license okay now you get you're just you didn't have to say that part what if there's liquor inspectors listening i'm sure that this podcast is like the number one rated podcast among liquor inspectors <laughs> i don't doubt it because you do need to drink after listening to it during and yeah. before and after in general yeah yeah um, okay, well, I'm going to wrap this up and get that Kickstarter page going because I feel like we're going to need a lot of time if we're going to meet our goal. What does a limo cost? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in the limo. Do we need to buy a limo or can we just rent one? Yeah, maybe we'll rent one. That's a good idea. But then we, we need to put like the Mountain Mythic logo on the side of it. Right. Of course we can, we'll do a Kickstarter so we can, we can get a decal. We'll start Pay with for a Kickstarter for the decal. Yeah. And then we'll do a separate Kickstarter once we have the decal? For booze supply. When, where is the Kickstarter for the limo going to factor into well, all Well, we're this? renting a limo. With we what money? That. We can, can we? afford that. Well, I guess if we couldn't afford a decal. I don't know, man. <laughs> we'll have to talk to the higher-ups. We're going to submit some requests here because we care about our listeners and we want to provide them with the best podcast experience out there. We also want to get you drunk. Yes. Also, if you'd like to come for a ride in our limo, feel free to reach out once we have it, because we're going to be looking for all kinds of guests for the Mountain Mythic limo. We want to hear your stories in our limo. It's true. You can't get out. I want to leave. Is there anything else you want to say to our listeners? I just want to apologize because I feel like they've come to expect a certain level of professionalism and quality, and I'm not sure that we met that standard this week. I blame our new studio. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I do. Yeah, wait till that limo. We're gonna be hitting the hitting the airwaves, people. Yeah, I mean that. I think that limo is gonna change everything. I I believe it. Our lives. Yeah. Like, people are going to, like, start respecting us more? <laughs> I think so. Because you can't not respect someone in a limo. Yeah, my my dad will love me again. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he'll call you every now and again. Maybe. That to ride be, in the limo. That would be really special. I know. Bringing families together. All right. Well, that's all the time we have today on Mount Mythic. I hope you tune in again next time <laughs> and that this didn't completely sour your podcast experience forever. Ugh. Any, any other final thoughts, Brandon? No, I just want to go home. Okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>